Welcome to the Cone Zone. That's Lowell Cone. I'm Grant Cone. It's September 5th, 2023, and Nick Bosa still isn't in the 49ers building, although yesterday was the media's first day in the locker room, and we got a little bit of a sense of what the uh, mood of the team is sans Nicholas Bosa. We're going to talk about only Nick, only Nicholas today. Only Nicholas John Bosa. We're going to start there, going to end there. Dad, how you doing? You look phenomenal. <laughs> hey, Iggy, was yes. his locker there? Did he have his stuff yes. in his locker? It said he, he, Bosa. It, 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 he had mail there. It looked like he hadn't been there in a very long time. He had mail. It yeah. was like an abandoned house. An abandoned house, but, you know, they kept it. It seems like the housekeepers have been coming by, keeping it clean. It's like they're ready for him. They're not kicking him out, but he's not there. Did he have a uniform hanging? Yes. Did he have shoes? I didn't see the shoes. You're not supposed to like really look in there, but I couldn't help but notice that there was a lot of like boxes and packages and uniforms. Like he was like, like they were expecting he was going to be there any minute. Okay. Oh, Nick I, didn't I, come to Nicholas. Okay. So I was in there. Yeah. Let me tell you, let me, let me, let me set you the scene from yesterday. Every, you know how it is like they have interviews around people's lockers, like four or five a day from the team leaders. All the questions are about Nick Bosa. So are you nervous or how do you feel that Nick's, oh, do you think the game plan is going to be a little different if Nick's not here? And some of the players are really patient and professional and they kind of like take a deep breath and they try their best to say like, you know, that's really not my issue. It's not my, I just do my job. You know, other people like Debo Samuel will just kind of sneer and say, I'm not touching that which is what he did yesterday. But it's the question that's looming over everything. And everyone's looking around like, um, is this going to get resolved before week one? The fun, the funniest thing was Drake Jackson was Drake Jackson's like 22. He's the other D end on the team. And he was walking through the locker room and he started singing. He said, Bosa, come back. You can blame it all on me. And like all the players were laughing, like what the hell is going on? How do you think the players feel about this debacle? Okay, I have very definite opinions, Iggy. I want to say first, again, I don't take a side on this. When I look at this fight between Bosa and the team, it's a celebration of greed. Thank you. Well put. Yeah, celebration of greed. Uh, I never was in a position like that, so I don't take a side, but I find it freaking fascinating. Yes. So I'm going to give a little lesson to fans right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Every team portrays itself as a happy family. The San Francisco Giants, the Warriors, and the Niners. Okay, happy family. In reality, players hate management. I want to say that again. In reality, players hate management. And I want to tell you why. Players generally feel they're underpaid. Well, who underpays them? Management. Uh, players get traded or get released or waived. Who does it? Management. So they perceive management as the enemy. Um, and that would include Jed York, John Lynch, and almost certainly the coach. The coach may act as if he's not friends with these people. He wants mm-hmm. to keep his job. He's mm-hmm. not going to keep someone beyond his tenure to make him happy. Bill Walsh didn't. Bill Walsh already would have gotten rid of Kittle, and Kittle is a great player, but he could see the decline, and he would say get um, rid of him a year early rather than a year late. So what I think the players are feeling... Oh! C for two. He got rid of Joe Montana. Ronnie Uh, Lott, Roger Craig did it, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and, and I want to say something. George Seifert's a very nice man, and he's an he, ethical man. Mm-hmm. But it's what you do. So yeah. I'm gonna because you're because you're, you're you're in it's what's it's what's in the best interest of the team. You're the head coach. Absolutely. Okay. So players hate management. In this case, I would say almost a hundred percent. They're thinking we hope Nick gets his. We hope he gets his. Iggy, don't you think so? I I would have to say I practically know so because from their perspective, Nick did everything right. He didn't ask or trade. He didn't complain. He was the defensive player of the year. He's had like 30 sacks the last two years. He was the defensive player. Like he has the best resume. He's the best player on the team. If the Niners, if the front office won't take care of Nick Bosa, then no one's safe. I mean, no one's safe. Yeah. Yeah. So there on his side. Now, a viewer, a longtime viewer, Nandela Kila, asked about. Bosa, does it mean he's not a team player? I don't think they think about it that way, Iggy. They think about we have a short... It's a, a business. Short, it's a business. Yeah. We have yeah. a short tenure in the league. We got to get what we can get. I yeah. want, I'm going to say something else. The only player I can imagine who would be on the side of management would be someone like Juszczyk. And I'll tell you why. I think it's probably his last year on the team. Plus... They've overpaid him for what he does. So he probably feels very good about management. Right. He probably is the rare one who doesn't hate management. True. And he knows this is his shot. He mm-hmm. needs Bosa on the team. But mm-hmm. aside from an outlier, again, I'm not there. But aside from, aside from what I That's presume true. him to be an outlier, I'd say most of the others are absolutely with Bosa. Yeah, the ones who haven't gotten paid yet, the ones that are looking for their next payday, Brandon Ayuk, I could see that. I, I don't see them looking at Bosa any differently. I think they know who Nick Bosa is. I think they know what he wants. And I think that they expected the Niners would give it to him. I think, if anything, players in the locker room are starting to wonder about management. Like, what is going on here? I thought we were taking this ser- season seriously. I thought we were talking about the Super Bowl starting fast. And you're really like in a in a petty game of chicken with our best player. What? What kind of organization is this? I'm sure, you know, a lot of players in this team are 23, 24. They've only known winning. They've only known good things. And now they're like, what? This is, this is strange. Unbecoming of a good team. I agree. And Iggy, it's not only their locker room, it's every other locker room. Yes. This is big news in the league. I mean, people on the Steelers, they're going to play the Steelers in a few days. They're aware Mm -hmm. that Bosa may not be there. And in the locker room, they're saying, gee, can you believe they're not paying this guy? So they're thinking that in Jacksonville, they're thinking that in Dallas, they're thinking that in Pittsburgh. This is a very bad look for the 49ers organization. Yeah, and beyond the business of it, the reputation of it, just the morale of the competition. I think the the team was sort of in denial all offseason. Like, okay, Bosa's not here, but he doesn't need to be here. He'll show up before week one, and we're going to kick the Steelers' butts. But that's not happening. And I think the players are looking around the – locker room like we're really going to play this game without him are we i don't know if we're like emotionally or or or, uh mentally prepared for that outcome but that's what's going to happen i think that's sort of what's happening in the locker room yesterday like hey guys it's us we're going to have to do this without nick and it almost feels like nick is betting against us like he's this is his final ploy to get what he wants like hey they're going to lose without me i'm the best player in this team they can't beat the steelers without me like that's that's a crazy place for this team to be right now iggy 
do you think he will play in the Steelers game? No. Tell me I why. don't. I mean, it'd be one thing if he was in Santa Clara, if he'd been out here the whole time and was like not practicing, but here. He's in Florida, I think. So he would have to fly across the country, sign a contract, fly back to Pittsburgh. So that's two cross-country flights in less than a week. I don't think it's going to happen. And then he's going to play football? He'd get hurt. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. He could fly, he could fly to Pittsburgh. They could sign yeah. papers in If he's in Florida, it's not a long flight to Pittsburgh. That's true. That's okay. true. But here's the thing. Even if they do that, I feel like he could only play 20, 25, 30 snaps in the game. Otherwise, it's dangerous. Maybe that's enough. Maybe that's okay. enough. It's yeah. interesting. I, I'm I'm tempted to bet you, but to tell you the truth, I don't think he's going to play either. I don't. I think it's his ace in the hole. I think so, it's his ace in the hole, too. And I think if he misses yeah. this game, the Niners have a whole lot more to lose than he does, and I think he knows. I think anyone can figure that out. Yeah, so I don't think he's going to play. Iggy, I have another question for you. You and I both believe, predict, the Niners will beat the Steelers. But mm -hmm. when I predicted that, I thought Bosa would be on the team. Yeah. So let's be blunt. Yeah. You and I both think a full, a healthy Brock Purdy and with Bosa, they the Steelers would be tough at home, but the Niners yeah. would win. If they don't have Bosa, do the Niners win? I'm going back and forth on this one. I could see the Niners winning without Bosa. I could see it. But after being in that locker room yesterday, it felt like a really shell-shocked locker room. It didn't feel like a very confident locker room. It felt like I, I can't believe we're actually answering these questions today. Yeah. So I'm kind of leaning, like, if Bosa's not there, I could see this is a team that starts slow anyway. This is a team that seems a little shocked. I could see them losing this game and then having to call up Nick Bosa on Monday and saying, we're sorry. We're so sorry. What did you want? Okay, here, here you go. Please come back right I, now. Iggy, I agree with you. And I want to say, again, I don't know that much about Pittsburgh. I know they have an up-and-coming quarterback. Up-and-coming. People like him. and He's and a I lot like Purdy. He's pretty good. Yeah, and I know they have a stout defense. They use that word stout in the NFL. They do. Not as good as the Niners, but very good. They got that what guy? Yeah, they have two edge rushers as opposed to the Niners who might have none in this game. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? I'm going to take a chance. If they have Bosa, they beat the Steelers. Without him, they lose. That's how I feel, Iggy. Yeah. Does that seem outlandish to you? Now, I mean, there is the fact that the Niners offense was scoring like 35 points per game with Purdy last year, and maybe they don't need Nick Bosa. They don't, maybe they don't need a great defense and maybe they can just go into Pittsburgh and put up a lot of points, but I don't know. I mean, their offensive line isn't that good. Purdy hasn't played in a while. The, the Steelers have a stout defense. They stopped the run. They rushed the quarterback. I don't see the Niners scoring 30 points in this game. It seems like it's going to be a low scoring game. They don't have a good kicker right now. Uh, they don't have their best player. They're on the road. They start slow. Yeah. Looking Iggy, bad. You, I think we could agree that pretty much you win with defense. The Niners. They, that's how they do. That's how yeah, they do. You win, yeah. You win with so defense. So maybe they, maybe they have a new formula this year, but they're going to have to establish a whole new identity with, if they don't have Nick Bosa. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else. You know who must really feel frustrated? Steve Wilkes. Oh, my God. It's like. Can you imagine? Chess. It's like playing chess without the queen. Yeah. If you don't have the queen. 
and no one's going to give him an excuse. They're going to say, oh, Steve Wilkes couldn't keep it going. Well, where's where's his best player? Yeah. I mean, I don't know Steve Wilkes, but if I were Steve Wilkes, I'm thinking they're bringing me to Pittsburgh. I'm going to be judged on this performance. I don't have the queen. Right. I'm the best, strongest player on the board. What do you expect me to do? Win with pawns? And when they were exactly, and when they recruited Steve Wilkes, they said, "Look, we want you to run our scheme. You can't really do what you do. We want you to keep the wide nine and learn what we do. So we can, we don't want to change too much. But you're going to get Nick Bosa in the number one defense. What do you say?" And he said, "Okay, sounds good." Vic Fangio didn't want that. Vic Fangio wanted to run his defense the three four way and and didn't work out. So now he's in Miami. So the Niners got Wilkes, and he said yes, and he's running someone else's scheme, and he doesn't have Bosa. Doesn't he? He must feel like, hey, management, like you told me I was going to have this guy. Now I'm running your scheme and I don't have your guy like this is, you're going to make me look bad. I'm going to be the scapegoat here. It's not my fault. Yeah. And again, I don't know Wilkes, but that's how football coaches think. They wouldn't say it in a press conference. It's, you know, next man up and he'll say all that crap. But you know, privately when he's in his house, he's thinking, holy cow, this is really hard. This is not what I signed up for. No. I, you know, not, I wish they would have worked this out. And you know yeah. what? Let him pay. I bet he's thinking, pay the guy. Pay the please guy. Please pay the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah please right. pay the guy as soon as possible. All right. Yeah. So something happened in this uh, negotiation that didn't go so well. I, we don't know. They haven't gone to the press about it. They've both been very quiet. But um, we knowing who the how the Niners do business, Parag, they can, be, they can play some hardball sometimes. And yes. Nick Bosa is one of these types of A1 top tier athletes that maybe doesn't respond too well to that kind of talk. Can you can you explain how, how you have to sort of handle the best athletes in the world, the Jerry Rices, the Jose Canseco's, yeah. the Nick Bosa's? This is a, a, I've told Iggy this since he was a little boy. This is very interesting. I knew Jim Lefevre very well. He was a coach with the San Francisco Giants and the Oakland A's. And, you know, he played for the Dodgers second base and was a rookie of the year. He was a considerable person and somebody I, I really uh, care for. So I was in um, the Oakland A's locker room, clubhouse, I should say, after a, a midweek game. And I was chatting with Lefevre. And at one point, Canseco, who was at that time having a monster year, walked by and um, – Jimmy Lefevre started chatting with him, and I'll never forget, he said, make a muscle, and Canseco had really big muscles because I guess he was a steroid guy, and Jimmy was saying, wow, what a bicep. He said, you're such a stud, Jose. We really need you, and then Jose was charmed and walked away, and Lefevre said to me, you see what I did, Lowell? I said, I did, Jimmy. He said, when you have a superstar, you have to massage his ego. Right. You want them to have a big ego and you want them to feel good about their ego and feel good about themselves. That way they right. can go out and kick ass. And right. he said, that's what I do with these people. Well, let's go back to Bosa. Mm-hmm. You have a guy with an ego probably bigger than Canseco's. I mean, oh. <laughs> right. Oh, like you, we think oh. Kyle Shanahan's ego is big. Imagine Nick Bosa. Right. It's yeah. as big as Alaska, right? Uh-huh. His God's gift to football. Alaska. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. And for him, he thinks, I believe that in order for me to be the best possible Nick Bosa and bring us to a Super Bowl, they need to feel make me feel more special than any defensive player who has ever played in the NFL. 
right. they could show that by giving me everything I ask for. And Jimmy Lefevre would give it to him because he knows he needs it. His ego needs it to be great. Yeah, from Bosa's perspective, who the hell are the 49ers? He's right. Nick Bosa. Yep. It's it's a privilege that he gets to play, that that they get him on his team and he could go to any team and make him special. That's what he thinks. And I feel like you know that he's that kind of guy. He's a defensive player of the year. You want that kind of ego on your team. Exactly. Why would you try to... Why would you try to tear it down in the negotiations if you did? Because remember, we talked a couple weeks ago and you said stuff like you could talk to him about his injuries and this and that. I don't know how well that's going to go over. If that if that's the road you want to go down with Nick Bosa and take him down a peg and humble him, I don't think it's going to work. You probably should just get rid of him. That's interesting. If uh, Also, there, I just want to say, I don't know how sensitive to these things Parag or Jed are. But right. S- savvy organizations understand superstars need to be treated differently. Correct. So their options were massage Nick's ego, give him what he wants, be happy to have him on your team, or trade him. They went with option C. Try to negotiate. And they dragged it out and they thought, well, maybe if we take this to the end of the to the offseason and, and the, the prospect of him missing game checks comes up, he'll he'll cave. Nope, didn't work that way. This isn't Debo. This isn't Fred Warner. This isn't a, a tight end or a middle line. This is the number one non-quarterback in football, according to everyone. You're not going to win this negotiation. You have two options. Give him what he wants or trade him. And you chose option C. Shame on you. <laughs> right. It 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 makes them especially I would say to the players yeah. on the team and fans, it makes the Niners look chintzy. Chintzy. It does. And unrealistic. Now, yeah. Now, again, I am not taking sides. I'm trying to explain how players feel mm-hmm. and how you treat a superstar. I, I'm not taking sides because I so it's all about greed and I'm too old to and too poor to care about greed. I, from the player's perspective, the chintzy word, it's like, if they can make a case against Bosa and make right. Bosa come down from his, we're all screwed. Like none of us can make a case against this front office. So I do think they're sort of rooting for Bosa and, and scratching their head at the front office. Uh, let's take some super chats real quick and see what the people think. The people. West Coast Jay says, only donate when Papa Cone is on. Thank you, West Coast Jay. Thank you. Jay McCallum says, hot take, Niners will sabotage Brandon Ayuk for his contract. That's... I hope not. I hope not. Antonio says, I hope I am wrong, but I just feel the window is officially closed. Too many distractions. Poor O-line, tough games, tougher schedule. Lowell, the greatest of all time. Thank you. Antonio, I I think you have a point. I don't think it's good to start a season with so much chaos. And the idea that the other day, Monday, I guess, the players had to answer questions about Discord. Discord. What well, Discord? And yeah. that's what it really amounts to. Uh, right. Management and players not getting along. They're not supposed to be thinking about that. They're supposed to be thinking about the Steelers. They're supposed yeah. to be thinking about how are we going to destroy this tough defense? And they're answering questions about this. That's not a good way to th- to start. Yeah, I mean, this team has been right there the last two years. They've had slow starts. They're talking, if we just get a fast start, maybe we'll win the Super Bowl. If they have a slow start because of Bosa, 
because they couldn't get Bosa signed and then they have the same thing where they finish fast and go to the playoffs and don't quite make it. It feels like someone's got to get fired. It, it, it wasn't injuries. It wasn't bad luck. It was self-inflicted stupidness. <laughs> self-inflicted stupidness. <laughs> Nuclear energy. Stupidity. That's the word. Uh, Thought experiment. If we did trade Bosa, what quarterback could we get in return? It's a little late to make make that trade now. No one's trading their quarterback two days before the season. Uh, D Pacheco 82 says, good job, guys. Trade him if he doesn't play week one. Uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about. We'll talk about that. Mr. Cone just finished gloves off. Great stories. Says me. Sniper. Oh, you made my day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, nice. All right. We're going to get back to our show in a second, but we have one word from our sponsor this week. Let's do it. Pristine Auction for sponsoring today's video. If you don't know about pristineauction.com, they are the most trusted sports memorabilia and collectibles auction site. Auctions on pristineauction.com start at just $1, and each day there are thousands of autographed items available. So you win signed authentic signatures at affordable prices. Affordable deals are happening all the time on pristineauction.com and they have just about every player you could want. So if you want old school or new school, they've got you. If you want Joe Montana or Patrick Willis, they've got you. If you want Debo Samuel or George Kittle, they've got you. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item one when you use code Iggy. That's I-G-G-Y. Be sure to sign up now because there are deals ending every day. Links are in the description below. Be sure to check them out. Wow. Thanks. Reading's hard. Wow. When I do those, I I always uh, remember what your mom used to tell me when I went to kindergarten. She used to say, talk slow. Talk slow when you're presenting or anything like that. Thank you, Grandma. Anyway, thank you, Pristine Auction. Let's get back to the show. Dad, so we said we both think Bosa's going to miss week one and the Niners are probably going to lose because of it. How do you think this Bosa debacle will get resolved and who will blink? The Niners will blink. I think, um, and now this is a scenario where where it's a hypothesis. We don't know. We're, we're assuming he's going to miss week one and they may lose because of it. I think at that point, the Niners say it's not worth it. We want to win. And they, they, they cave. I see this as the Niners cave. He gets what he wants. He walks into the locker room, not only a hero, but a savior. Yeah. The players are in love with him. Yeah. And they go on with the season. He faced do down do the, he faced down the, the team, the entire team and won and for all of them. And also, they couldn't win without him on the right. field. They, they need him. So he's the yes. savior. He is li- yeah, absolutely the savior. I do. I think that's what's yeah. going to happen. I think he'll probably sign Monday. Um, I think it's interesting. This is kind of similar to what happened with Trent Williams. They traded for Trent Williams. Then they needed to extend Trent Williams. And they almost didn't. Uh, I don't know if it was John Lynch or Parag Marate or the Yorks or whoever, but the front office essentially wasn't giving Trent Williams what he wanted. Best left tackle in the game can kind of name his price. He was going to go to the chiefs chiefs made a better offer and Trent Williams called Kyle Shanahan. This is all documented and said, Hey man, I'm going to the chiefs. Just want to let you know, um, unless there's something you can do. I really like playing for you, but I'm going to the chiefs. And Kyle's like, Oh, is that, is that the case? Let me make a call. So he called whoever he needed to call in the front office and said, get it done. 
and the Niners stopped playing hardball and gave Trent Williams what he wanted, and Kyle Shanahan was the one who essentially blinked. I can see that happening again. I mean, I don't think he's in charge of these negotiations, like even though he's essentially the, the most powerful person in the organization. I'm sure he probably delegates this to Parag and John and everyone else in the front office, but at, at some point, Kyle can say, enough is enough. It's my team. Enough is enough. Give him what he wants. I think he'll probably do that if he loses a game. Okay, Iggy, let's do the other scenario that mm-hmm. he signs before the game. How would that come about? I mean, he could sign today. True. I mean, today is Tuesday, and the game is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, five days away. Let's say he signs. Um, you know, he doesn't have to be in the in the building to sign. There's, you can do DocuSign. There's all kind mm-hmm. of things they can do. They sure. can send a representative to meet him in Pittsburgh, all kind of stuff. Um, he knows the plays. Do you think it's possible that he could sign this week? I'm saying it's possible. I think it is possible. Like what I just, the scenario I point, painted with Kyle Shanahan making a call saying enough is enough. He could do that this week. Yeah. Yes. He could do that Friday. He could say, guys, guys, thank you, Parag. Thank you, John. You guys did a great job. You really did it. But it's enough. Give him what he wants. I want him on the field on Sunday. Do what I say. I hired you, John. Literally hired you. Yeah. Yeah. So So I I can see Kyle doing that. Absolutely. So the, the scenario where he doesn't play and they lose is a hypothetical. I'd say it's more likely. But yeah. it is still – I'm giving 40% possible they work it out and he does play. But either way, it's the Niners who blink, not Bosa. Bo- Iggy, Bosa is in a much stronger position than they are, and he is adamant. It's clear he and his agent, who is really a hard guy from what I understand, are not going to move. Yeah, and I keep coming back to the the ego massaging thing you were talking about. If the Niners tried to do the opposite and and knock his ego down a peg, I could see the Boses like, you know, holding a grudge forever. I do. I mean, anytime anyone says anything not nice about me, I, I file it away for the rest of my life. I do. I hate it. So I could see Bosa being that way. I'm not like him at all. I mean, my ego is only a fraction the size of his, but it's big. It's real big. And Bosa is large. So I can see that. Oh, I'm an injury risk? Uh-huh. You want, but you want me on your team, right? So now you're going to have to pay me even more. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for making that clear. Now I'm going to miss week one and week two. And as, as ever many weeks, however much it takes, it'll be interesting to see if the Niners don't cave after week one and this goes on and on. It could go seven weeks. Well, Iggy, I, don't, I, I think they'd cave after the first week if they lose. If they if win, they no. If they win, sure. They could keep playing that game. That's I true. Come back. Iggy, may, may we come back to Debo Samuel? You're saying yeah. other people talked about it, but when uh, uh, media approached Debo, he was, what was his affect? Was he dismissive? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's Debo, though. He always, like, kind of runs from questions he doesn't like. Uh, so Kate Rooney, who's really nice, she works for Crown 4, and she just was the one person who asked the first Bosa. Everyone was getting Bosa questions. She just said, like, you know, I forget exactly what it was, but how do you feel about Bosa not being here and whatever? And he looked at her and just went, I'm not touching that. That's what he said. It's like, thanks, Devo. Appreciate it. Thank well, you. Well, let's let's just try to see it from his point of view. Um, it, I'm trying to give him. I don't know him. Uh, I, in the past, I have not liked his behavior. I've, I thought it was juvenile, um, and probably he didn't need to go like that. <laughs> but it's fair to say I'm not touching that one because anything you say, 
you could piss someone off. You could yeah. get management angry at you or both True. angry at you. True. And in a sense, he was saying no comment. Yes. Of course, he wasn't mature enough to say no right. comment. Uh, right. So he did that. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. what I want to say Pretty is, nice. Iggy, no comment is a legitimate response. It is. I guess the thing that frustrates me about Debo is that he could be so much bigger and more famous and than he is. Like, watching how Richard Sherman, like, Richard, covering Richard Sherman was an illuminating, was very instructive for me. That guy spoke his fame into existence. He told the whole world how great he was and everyone had to pay attention. And he knew how to work the media. He was so nice to us in the locker room. He got all of us on his side. He had all of us singing, parroting his narrative. He was telling us what to say about himself and Jimmy Ward and Jaquaski Tart. Man, that should be Depot, man. You should be working us. You're smart. You're engaging. You're charming. Like, and, and But you're not. You should be working us the way Richard Sherman did because it only gets you more money. It's smart. More endorsements. Yeah. He's, I feel he's immature. Unnecessarily standoffish. But man, I think a lot of football players figured out. Richard Sherman figured out immediately. He's a very smart guy. But most figure football players figured out in their thirties. And I did ask Jimmy Ward, did you learn? Cause he went from being a guy who never said anything and tried to say the right thing to being a guy who said really, um, controversial things on the record with a smile, Jimmy Ward. And he yeah. said, you know, I, I learned that from Richard Sherman. You really need to be your own biggest advocate in this league. Otherwise no one else will be. He said he learned it from Sherman. Absolutely. He absolutely wow. learned. told. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Something to think about. Iggy, do, do your uh, viewers know that you're going to do one show with Hafunga? I did. I said that yesterday. Hafunga is really cool. Yeah. He was, he shook my, I went over to him in the locker room and I said, Hey, I shook his hand. I said, hi, I'm Grant Cohn. And he goes, I know who you are. I love your show. I get it. It's really cool. Nice guy. And then, well, tell us. So what'd you say to him? So I said, okay, I got a proposition for you. What do you say? You and I do a show Every week, once a week for a half an hour on my channel, I'll get the show sponsored and you'll get paid. And he like blushed and he was like, oh man, like <sighs> he said, you know, Troy really tells me I need, I shouldn't be doing media. Troy's Troy Palomalo. It's his mentor. He's calls him Troy. Troy really says I shouldn't do stuff like this, but how about if we do a couple times? And I said, how about if we, let's just do one time. Can you commit to one time? He said, absolutely, man. We'll do one. Let's do, let's do it after a few games get underway. So we're in the season. But I just want you to know I really respect what you do, man. I get it. It was so nice. He's like 23, 24. So nice guy. Iggy, I love it. And you know what? It'll be an honor. And you two will do a wonderful show. Yeah, Talanoa is a really nice guy. He's cool. Is this the difference between him and Jimmy Ward? Was like Jimmy Ward had, when he finally came on my show, he was 30. He had reached that point where you talked about at the beginning of the show, like players don't like management, players don't trust management. He was there. He understood. Like he yeah. understood they needed him, but they were going to replace him. Like Talano is in the in the stage of his career where he was just all pro. He thinks they're going to take care of him. He thinks if he as long as he just keeps smiling and saying the right thing, they're going to give him everything. And and they may. But he's so young and innocent right now, you know? But he's also a very, very nice guy who says he likes me. So I'm excited. I like you. <laughs> but Thank you. But Iggy, you would say when Jimmy Ward finally came on, he was a little jaded with the 49ers, right? And did not like management very much. Wouldn't I, we agree on that? I would have to say so. He he understood the league, the team, the business for exactly for what it was. And I really appreciated him for that. It's rare yes, to find those guys on a team. They're all yeah, older. And also, it's rare to find one with the courage to say it publicly. 
Yeah. I mean, remember he got benched last year and he talked about that too on his own Instagram live. He was like, they were just going to bench me. I had to go into Kyle's office and said, I want my position back. And he's like, sorry, you can be nickel and, and, or you can play special teams and not play at all. And Jimmy said, okay, fine. I'll do that. I'll play special teams. Knowing that Kyle would never put his contract on the bench. So, okay, yeah, let's do that. Jimmy's so cool. Sure. Oh, you, th- you think I'm going to melt because you said that? Yeah, bench me. Go ahead. Put $9 million on the bench. Explain that to Jed York. I love oh, Jimmy Ward. See, so he faced him down. Yeah. Oh, oh you want? Yeah. I, I, he's like, I love special teams. I, I'll be your best special teams player. Let's do it. And <laughs> Kyle's like, okay, all right. Nah, nah, nah. But Jimmy's cool. Oh, but, but Kyle was trying to like. Um, Have uh, it my way. My way or, or no way. My way or no way. And intimidate. Oh, yeah. He was trying to intimidate yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to play. You only want safety. You won't play nickel. How about nothing? How about you just play special teams? Great. Love it, Kyle. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's do that. You tell you tell the, the media why you're doing that. You tell the, the front office why you're doing that. I'm sure you'll sound really smart. I love Jimmy Ward. And now he's gone. Yeah. And believe me, Kyle f- filed that away. Of course. Yeah. I don't think Jimmy was going to get that extension after that. Well, now D'Amico got a really good player. And the Niners have Isaiah Oliver, whoever that is. All right, let's move on. Okay. Dad, if this, dry, if this if this Bosa debag, debacle drags on, he misses any games, who will the fans and the media blame? Uh, the team or the player? And remember, okay. when, it was, when it was Debo, it was pretty much Debo who got the blame. Everyone felt he was being immature and unreasonable. This is different. Okay. Let's start with the players because that's the most important. If they don't get it done and they lose a game or some games, the players will blame management with the exception of somebody in Juszczyk's position. But again, Juszczyk may blame him too. But the players will be on Bosa's side because he's one of them and they hate management. It's just how it works. Um, Fans, I think um, some of them may feel he's not a team player and be angry at him. I think a majority will feel that the team is being cheap and uh, this is your window and you should pay for him. I don't think it would be um, overwhelming one way or another, but I think a majority would, would side with Bosa and not with the team. Some would side with the team. Um, who else are you asking? You said fans. Fans, media. Like, I mean, just the overall perception. Media, 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 let's say. I think media would go uh, with the player. I think so too. I think media I mean, would go with the player. Because I feel like in Bosa fact, hasn't done anything out of the ordinary. I mean, he's asking for a lot, but he hasn't been unprofessional. He hasn't talked. No, right. I, I would say one thing, and I want to praise both Bosa and the Niners. They've really kept their mouths shut. They've, they've um, done this privately, i.e. professionally. Uh, there hasn't been recrimination, nothing like that. They haven't alienated him with their words and Publicly. vice versa. Pu- right. Very good point. Who knows what yeah. they say behind the scenes? But um, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, media and look, I read the media. They seem to be favoring the player. Well, I mean, I think the Niners put themselves in, in a bad situation when they said, oh, we budgeted for this. They literally said that. John Lynch said that on the record. We budgeted for this. So you created an expectation this was going to get taken care of. And if it's not, fans are going to look at you as saying, why'd you even say that? You, you look incompetent or, or that you're not being truthful. While Bosa looks just like a, a really good player who's keeping his mouth shut and asking for what he's worth. So, um, yeah, I think this is 
really dangerous for the 49ers. They're, they're starting to look dysfunctional. It's the best dysfunctional team I've seen. Do you think, would, would, is, that a, is that a word you would use to describe this team, this front office, dysfunctional? It's giving the appearance of being dysfunctional. And let's broaden the, the, the scope a little bit. They've had two crises in the offseason. The whole thing with Trey Lance looked very mm-hmm. bad for the organization. Very bad. Um, and people, fans, I'm talking about on broadcasts like this one, were almost universally critical of the organization for how they drafted him in the first place, how they blew it developing him, and how they shuffled him off. And they so they took a big um, public relations hit, and then they immediately then segued into the Bosa crisis. Mm-hmm. And again, they're looking very bad. They can't get their best player. So do I think it's dysfunctional? Um, they seem to be making bad decisions, and they look almost like um, in uh, amateurs. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this is to the rest of the league. I mean, I imagine they're sitting in other teams, you know, in, in Cleveland, and thinking, "What's going on with the 49ers? You know what I mean? In, in the yeah. Rams, I say, "What's going on with this team? They 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 can't get their business done." They can't get their business. Iggy, that's very bad. It's bad. I mean, look, they've gotten very fortunate with some of these late picks that have kept this team together and competitive, like Brock Purdy. And the, and the trade for Christian McCaffrey was great. And they have some really good players. But throwing the three first-round picks away with Trey Lance and never really giving him a look, that's, I mean, no one does that. And then the one first-round pick this regime has gotten right, Nick Bosa. You can't extend his contract. They haven't extended one of their first round picks contracts since they've been here. Not one of them. It just feels like there's something about the way they do business that's a little off. And maybe they've gotten bailed out from these great seventh round picks or these great trades and stuff. But all of a sudden, this stuff is catching up. And I think what's interesting is the two debacles, Trey and Bosa back to back. The first one felt like Kyle's debacle. Like he was the one that wanted to bring in a new quarterback that John liked Jimmy a lot. And when it all fell apart... Kyle went out there and was really quiet and somber. And it's like, I, you know, I let him down and I feel responsible. While John was out there like, yeah, you know, I take full responsibility. It's a terrible thing, but it's a good thing for Trey. We're moving on. Now with Bosa, John's been the one like, you know, this is really uncomfortable. I, I would have liked him in uh, three, three weeks before the season starts. We really are proud that we don't do this with players. While Kyle's been the one real cavalier like, oh, I expected this. Yeah, I saw, I saw this coming a mile away. It's like, what is going on in this front office? What you expected it, but you but you don't like this, but you're you're contrite about Trey Lance, but you're kind of like, what? It seems like they're they're not on the same page, or I don't know. I agree. I agree. And also, let's come back to Kyle. Kyle said, I expected this. Does that mean he expected he wouldn't be signed five days, extended five days before the season, and he's comfortable with that? And maybe it could be four days or three days or no days. You know what I mean? He expected this. So if he expected that they would screw it up, does that make screwing it up right? That's what he's saying. He's essentially saying, look, look, I know my G- my general manager. I know Parag. I know this owners. They're going to screw this up. I'm going to have to make a phone call Friday night, two days before the season and say, get it done. That's what's going to have to happen. Maybe that's what he was saying. I know they're going to mess this up. They messed. They almost messed it up with Trent Williams. And I had to save the day. Me. 
Mighty Mouse will save the Mighty day. Mighty Mouse had to say, here I am to save the day. That's Kyle. Maybe that's him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew they were going to yeah. mess this up. I knew Bosa was going to get upset. I knew I was going to have to save. I'm just not going to do it. I'll do it at the very end. I don't feel like doing it yet. I'll do it later. Maybe that's Kyle. So, Iggy, it, it feels to us like it isn't a professional grade front office management. No. It, it, it no. may be. It, now, listen, didn't one of them once say that in the old days it was like a lemonade stand? Yeah. Who said that? Parag. OK, so let's let's get this straight. When they won five Super Bowls <laughs> and were the class of American sports, yeah. along with say the Yankees, you know, or the Dodgers, um, that was a lemonade stand. Now, these mm-hmm. guys have a full-service restaurant. It's Chez Panisse. They're yeah. Chez Panisse, and they can't get the food to the table. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> they but they're still they charging 60 bucks a plate because it used to be because of the yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But they can't get the food to the table. Mm-mm. The, the uh, uh, waiters don't wash their hands. You know what Mm-mm. I mean? Uh, that's what it feels like. I'd it like does. them. I prefer the lemonade stand. Yeah. It's good lemonade. <laughs> it just feels like they've been winning so much that no one looks at this stuff. But as soon as the winning stops, all of this will come to the forefront. It's at the forefront right now, and they haven't lost a game yet. It seems like, yeah, great. You've won a lot of games, but this doesn't necessarily seem sustainable because you're lighting first round picks on fire and alienating your best player, and you have no kicker. And it seems like this might all catch up to you now. And if so, we're going to be looking at your front office. Yeah. Yeah. You guys don't agree on things. You don't have a coherent plan. You you go back and forth between what you want. Other than that, good team. Good now, roster. I have uh, somebody wrote in this morning, said that you are toxic on, on my Twitter and you only look at the negative. Um, are we only looking at the negative? Um, we could look at the positive. Let's look at the they positive have- of Nick Bosa not being on the team right now. What's the positive? <laughs> right. Other yeah. players get opportunities. The right. game will be more competitive week one. It'll be a better game. I love it. I love it. Yeah. They'll show Bosa they don't need him. Exactly. They'll actually save money on this because they'll win a bunch of games without Bosa and they'll say, ha ha, in your face. And he'll come back and say, sorry, I'm, I'll play for free. That's what's going to yeah. happen. Okay, yeah. so that's the nice right. scenario. Chris says, uh, one, they're losing week one with or without him. Two, how dare you call him the best player on the team when they have the real deal in the next Steve Young? Oh, I want to say something. Could I say something about that? <laughs> yes. Briefly. I, I don't mean to put down Sam Darnold. He's the next Steve Young. I, who called him that? Oh, Kyle. Kyle? Oh. He said, why can't he be the next Steve Young? Because he's yeah. Sam Darnold. Yeah, and, and why can't Kyle be the next Bill Walsh? Because <laughs> he's you. Kyle. Thank oh, jeez. Thank right? you. <laughs> yes. So, when Brock Birdie gets hurt, and look, Iggy, they all get hurt. He's they all get hurt. hurt. Now Sam Darnold is going to come in? Give me a break. Super Bowl. I th- Super Bowl. I think they would have had a much better chance with Trey Lance than uh, Darnold in real games. I do. I do. Yeah, I think the whole world thought that. But Kyle is a, is a Sam Darnold enthusiast, and it's just the strangest thing of all time. But maybe he's right, and everyone else is wrong. Because that's usually how it is, right? He's the one who's right about quarterbacks. Everyone else is wrong, but he's right about the quarterback spots, how it's played out in his life. You you know, it's a funny thing uh, uh, with Kyle. I can't remember a quarterback that he developed. Now, I I do pay attention. Could you name a quarterback he developed? 
because he didn't develop Proc Purdy. That Purdy was standing around. He, yeah. he, he was like the ball boy. And, yeah. and he said, oh, God. He was the water boy. 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 And he didn't develop him. He got developed no. in college. So yes. I don't know who he – C.J. Beathard he developed. He did a great job know, with C.J. <laughs> he did a no Trey. He developed Trey, Dad. That's why Trey has such a bright future in the league because Kyle developed him. Yeah, that was the one. Uh, David E says, "I'd like to see Bosa be held to his contractual terms if he's not willing to accept a record-setting offer for D end. Let's see the Niners win without him. Let's see it. Let's they see it. That's win some games without him. They're going to lose games without him." Quana says, "Why did the Niners get rid of Lance right when their window is closing and thus could give him the time he needed?" Because they have a plan, and it all makes sense. Daza says, at what point do these incompetent moves catch up with the Shanahan Lynch uh, regime? Trey Lance, Bosa, and then no kicker if they lose. It may be. It may be be right now. We're looking at it, guys. Chris says, my money is Lynch is gone during the bye week. That seems a little hasty. Line up the interviews for the book, dude. There's a story begging to be told with this regime. Yeah, the book. Pimp Game Arnold Palmer says, love your guys' work. When the Yorks do decide to fire John and Kyle, can you call out Jed like your dad did eight years ago and end this regime with one last Fernando to the Yorks? <laughs> Jed, when are you going to fire yourself? That was great, I, I Dad. Say, yeah. Wait, he was so shaken by that. He was like, well, well, you, you yeah. can't fire the owner. I was like, well, that's true. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Come back. So what do you want me to say? You can't fire the say owner. Something. I said, say, say something. Say something. But I got to tell you, before that happened, Iggy and I always sat front and center, front row. Because I wanted them to know they had a deal with Iggy and me. And I knew I was going to ask the question. So I asked for the microphone. <laughs> and I hit Iggy's knee and I said, watch this. Watch this. Watch, watch this. this. And, and so you asked yeah. your question. And he said, I don't know what you want to say to that. And they, there was a microphone. And there was a person that would hold it. And you, like, grabbed it. And you're like, say something. It's so <laughs> good. It should be on YouTube. I hope it is. Niner Matt says, you think Bosa waiting to see what Chris Jones gets? Maybe. I mean, I think Bosa's just waiting in general. I think waiting suits him. It suits his position. Isaac C says, shout out to my fellow listener, ACOP. Pops is 100. Podden Diaz says, sub Grant, Papa Cone, you are the GOAT. He is the GOAT. Thank you. Brooke says, someone tell Bosa I'm in Fort Lauderdale if he wants to uh, head out to Guitar Center for a bit. LOL. Play a little uh, Stairway to Heaven. Daza says, do teams have accountability, multi-billion dollar entities, and the GM head coach seem to get away with decisions which would be fireable in the corporate world? Well, they can always well, say they went to the NFC Championship game the last two years, but they got to do it again. But Iggy, as I recall, they didn't win the NFC Championship game last year. No, but and they Jed York has lowered expectations. Lot. Yeah. They were on the road a lot, right? Yeah. 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 It's okay. They're going to be all right, Dad. They're going to win the Super Bowl this year, don't you think? I mean, it's all shaping up that way. Um, I I got to tell you, um, on Sunday, I went to a very interesting, I would say phenomenal event. Art Spander, who used to be a very important columnist at the Examiner when there was an Examiner and competed with me, um, celebrated his 85th birthday, God love him. And he lives up in the Oakland Hills near me. Happy birthday, Art. Everybody came. Ira Miller came in from, and his wife Sharon came in from Chicago. I was there. Mark Purdy from the um, uh, uh, San Jose Merck. Dave Newhouse from the Oakland Tribune when they used to be an Oakland tri- Tribune. Murph was there. Murph and Candace. Wow. That's so uh, cool. J- Janie McCauley was there. Wow. 
Raymond Ritter, the PR guy uh, for that's so cool for the Warriors was there. Iggy, uh, uh, Barry Tompkins, and Joan Ryan were there. My heart was just so full. It was like a celebration of the golden age of sports journalism in the Bay Area in Northern California. That's really cool. It was cool. So anyway, I'm not going to say who said it, but I was sitting. There was a table. They they had it in their garden. It was beautiful. It was a big round table. And I was sitting with some very heavy-duty people. And one of them leaned over to me and he said, hey, Lowell, I wasn't really paying much attention to this, but this Bosa thing is really serious. And this is yeah. a guy with even more years in the business than me. And he didn't say it like he was mourning. He said it like, this is not a joke anymore. This is really serious. And yeah. it was interesting to hear it in stereo. It was from someone else. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that could ruin a season and get someone fired. If not, more than yeah. one person fired. Serious stuff. Yeah. Let me tell a Spander story real quick. People, Some people may not know who Art Spander is. Some people who are younger. Um, like you said, legend. who was working out here forever. Uh, toward the end of his career, he was covering the Super Bowl when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. And he was doing a group interview at like one of the, uh, you know how they sit around a table every day, those Super Bowl interviews. So um, Shanahan, the OC was there. He was sitting down. Spander was there. He was there. Uh, Spander had a backpack. At the end of the interview, he grabbed his backpack, walked out. Turns out it wasn't his backpack, though. It was Kyle's. And it had the game plan for the Super Bowl. (laughs) The whole game plan. And Kyle freaked out. The Falcons freaked out. He thought the... Patriots has stolen it but it was just art so art somehow like went an hour later looked to get his stuff and realized he had the game plan for the Super Bowl and (laughs) called people I don't know maybe they figured it out maybe they had his backpack and they called him and said hey man you really you're a security risk you need to come back so uh I don't know that then the Falcons lost the Super Bowl so you tell me what happened I don't know Iggy, that really—that's one of the famous Art Spander stories. It's phenomenal, and I it's want to phenomenal. tell you something else. Another thing about Art Spander—he was a great golf writer, and mm. golfers are very distant from the press. You know, you go and they—they they say, you know, I used a five iron, I did this, but they're very. Whenever Artie would walk into a press conference, Nicholas, uh, Arnold Palmer. Tiger Woods, who was a sourpuss, would say, hi, Art, how are you? <laughs> and sometimes I'd be walking the course with Art, and he'd say, oh, that's Jack, uh, Jack Nicholas's wife. And she'd come, Art, it's so good. You, when are you going to come to dinner? And it's like, oh, unbelievable. That's really cool. I remember we yeah. would go out to dinner with him in Seattle, and he had great taste, has great taste in freaking wine, for sure. Yeah, he's way beyond me. He's really yeah. good. He has yeah. a wine cellar, Iggy. It, he must have thousands of bottles. And he's gone to like every Rose Bowl ever. Like he went to like 80 consecutive Rose Bowls, right? He's Something crazy Bowls. like that. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out to Art Spender. I love Art. Dazza says, do teams have a, got you. GEC Enterprises says, Lowell, can we hear how great Grant's bot, bot mitzvah was? Man, screw you. Did, he was, it was a shitty thing? Yeah, he said my bot a, mitzvah. It was a bar mitzvah. Get out of here. Pimp Game and Arnold you know Palmer what? says, it was nice. It was a it was very quite nice. nice that Temple Sinai in Oakland. Yeah, uh, we all quelled. We loved it. Yeah, my voice hadn't really dropped yet, so I was like singing real high. Those Aaliyahs. I was like, oh, yeah. 
you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pimp Game Arnold Palmer says, why does everyone hate on you on Facebook? I don't know. I don't go. What, you go on Facebook? Why would you ever spend any time on that? Hellscape. Got Chris Telerico says, haha, don't tell them they didn't win the Super Bowl or championship games. They think they did. They got confused. NFC West champs and the best roster equals rings. I agree. That's how they look at it. They, Whenever they lose, they won. Yeah. It's just they had a little bad luck. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck. This is your year. If it ain't this year, it might be no years. Anyway, Are we done? this was a good show. I think we're done. I think we're done. I think we're done. I just want to give a plug for, for the Eaglet, which is what his brother calls him. He said to me the other night, he says, I'm going out to have a drink with the Eaglet. <laughs> um, the Eaglet is going to be in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. At P- Pittsburgh covering Pittsburgh. The, the big game. And I got to say, um, this game is a big deal. First of all, it's the opening. It, you don't call it the opener. It's the first game of the season. Baseball's opening day. It's the first game of the season against a worthy opponent in their building. Um, it's a real test for the 49ers. And it has the feeling of maybe a predictor for the season. And it feels to me like a playoff game, Iggy. Absolutely. Right it's yeah, so right good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's everything. Listen. Finally, this game is everything I love about football, and I love mm-hmm. football. And the Bosa, Trey Lance is everything I dislike about football. I, I don't agree. want to think about that crap. Who wants to think about it? I don't want to think about business. I don't go to sports to think about business. I go to watch games uh, because even at my age, games are wonderful they're filled yeah. with suspense and action and great plays and a, res- and a resolution it's everything that a shakespeare play has i love them and here's why i prefer football to all the other team sports it's not just that it's a big game and they're going to pittsburgh and they could lose in football you could get hurt you know it's a fight it's not just a game it's like a game and a fight and if yeah. the niners aren't ready like this could be very, this could be disaster. It's not just a loss. You could lose your quarterback. You could lose your, I mean, if they're not ready for this game, they could get beat up. So I'm curious yes. to see what, because the, the Steelers are going to be ready. They're home. They're a well-coached team. They're always ready week one, even if not the best team. Are the Niners? They're never ready week one. And it looks like they're especially not ready this year. Yeah. And I can say one thing, the Steelers, especially their defense is out to hurt you, not to play dirty. I'm not saying that. But they're out to put hits on you. They're out to hurt you. This is a serious defense, Iggy. We went in pit to Pittsburgh. They played in Pittsburgh week two in 2015. Tom Sula. That was their road open. They lost. Oh, my God. It was like 48 to 17 or something. Uh, I remember Carlos Hyde was coming off like a 150-yard, three-touchdown performance week one. He was supposed to be hot shit. The Steelers lit him up so bad. He didn't come out for the second half. He just didn't come out for the second half. I don't know what exactly the issue was, but he just tapped out or he got hurt. Like, I've never seen someone get lit up like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's a serious team. We'll see what they got. Yeah. And yeah. Tomlin is a serious coach. Yeah, he's a serious coach. Like, he may not be the most sophisticated with his schemes and stuff, but he will have his team ready to go. Yeah, And maybe that's more important week one. Well, in fact, Iggy, you don't hear anything coming out of Pittsburgh. They're just, no. they're preparing for a game. Yeah, no controversy. No no problem at kicker, quarterback, D-end. It's just no. they're ready to play football. They're ready to play football. 
Damon says, have you watched Winning Time yet? I have. Kyle is 100% Westhead. Dude was totally going to bench ma Magic for the sake of his system. You knew Westhead, right? I do. Knew, I did know Westhead, yeah. He Wasn't was he like an English teacher? Yeah. Now, again, I didn't deal with him when he was with the Lakers. He was with the Warriors. He, Westhead was quite a nice man. I don't know what happened with him and Magic. I do know that Magic got him fired. I do know that. And Al Adel said to me, at the time he was the coach of the Warriors, he said, Lowell, this is very bad. I never heard of a player getting mm. a coach fired. But now in the uh, happens NBA, all the time. Now, it happens all the time. Happens all the time. Uh, Grant, are you tapping into your Italian side with that chain and haircut? Wasn't sure if this was the Cone Zone or the Oakland Shore. GTL all day, baby. Yeah, I am tapping into my Italian side. Thank you. Um, Sven says, Grant, do you ever take moments when you're at opposing stadiums to take a moment and appreciate where you're at? Absolutely, I do. Yes, I do. Hell yeah. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah, I do. And Pittsburgh's a real good one. It's a, it's the, it's a, a road trip I make, what, once every eight years? It's in the AFC. It doesn't come around very much. And it's a, it's a really extraordinary town. Oh, I love it. I love it. A beautiful town. A beautiful town. Yeah. All right, Dad. Uh, that's the show. Okay. I love you. And I'll call you right I now. I love you. Thanks, Iggy. Right. Bye, everybody. Thanks, guys.